This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hello and welcome to a transfer deadline day special here from Blood Red and the Liverpool Echo. I'm Matt Addison and the Echo's Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst is alongside me to go through and round up the day's events. And we'll be having a little bit of a chat about the summer as a whole too. You can have your say in the comments, of course. Have Liverpool done enough? Should they have done more? Plenty of reaction over on the Echo's website as well. And of course, liverpool.com if you want to check those out. But right now, we're going to go through the events of the day chronologically. And it does seem like some time ago now, Gorsty, but Jordan Henderson has signed a new contract at Liverpool. No coincidence, perhaps, that that was announced on transfer deadline day. No, not at all. I don't know who Liverpool thought they were trying to kid with that one, to be honest. I mean, it was all very strategically placed, wasn't it? First things first, transfer deadline day, your captain signed a new contract and perhaps um, they were trying to put a little bit of a fast one. I don't think too many people fell for it, but it's good news, obviously. Um, bit of a shock, I think, to most people when it emerged about, what, six weeks or so ago now, two months ago maybe, that Jordan Henderson was a little bit peeved that all the um, the talk was of new contracts for pretty much everyone bar him. Um, and talks earlier this year had reached a bit of an impasse. And I think most people, including some of the club, probably just assume that it's Jordan Henderson. He's been here 10 years and he'll always be at Liverpool. So that was a bit of a jolt to kind of kick things into gear. And it seems to have had the desired effect, hasn't it? Jürgen Klopp stepped in. We know that. He admitted as much uh, quite recently and, and come in and um, the deal was done. So um, there was talk of interest from PSG and Atletico Madrid and I, I was never truly convinced that they were genuine. I think they might have been the work of one or two behind the scenes trying to put the pressure on Liverpool a little bit. Um, couldn't see him in, in a PSG team in that midfield. They've obviously just signed... Gino Wijnaldum anyway, haven't they? And they got the likes of um, Marco Verratti and um, Angeldi Maria and, and pretty much, you know, a star-studded squad. And at Let's Go Madrid, maybe that made a little bit more sense. But um, either way, he, he, he's done what most of us expected. He signed a new contract and he's uh, delighted to do so. So that was um, good news to start today for Liverpool supporters. Um, tempered by the fact that I think most fans saw it as a bit of a cynical may not be the the right word, but maybe a little bit of a an attempt to placate some fans with with that deadline day news. But uh, either way, you know, if, if it comes on deadline day, if it comes the day after deadline day or six weeks from now, it's it's good news for Liverpool and and on they move with um, another key member of the squad side down. Yeah, absolutely. Tied down until he's 35, Jordan Henderson. So a four-year contract for him. That wasn't the only contract news today as well. Obviously, we will come to, to Nat Phillips very shortly. But next up was Reese Williams, a new contract for him, a loan move to Swansea City. And I think that's a, a good one for him. He needs to, to go out and, and play football. And the under-23s just probably wasn't quite right for him this season. Yeah, I think he's... He's above under 23 level now, isn't he? I saw him last week against Everton alongside Billy Cometio and weren't put under too much pressure for most of the night and he just seemed to cruise through it all and having played 19 times for Liverpool's first team last season, I think he would have wanted to have gone out on loan and, and you know, his last loan was Kidderman to Harriers, wasn't it? So this is a significant step up to a team that Liverpool know well. They've sent players there before and um, yeah, he'll get a good 
12 months in the championship and, and see how it goes. And obviously, signing a new contract was a little bit of a value preserve. I still think Liverpool think that, okay, well, they've got five centre-backs and, and four of them top-class at the moment. Still think the Liverpool see value in Reese Williams in terms of maybe making them a, a, a decent profit in 12 months' time, you know, two years' time, whenever it may be. He's only 20, 21, is he? So, um, yeah, I think, think that was a good move all around. Um, be interesting to see how he copes with the, the physicality of the championship week in, week out. But uh, he certainly stood up when um, when he was called upon last season, didn't he, for Liverpool? Yeah, certainly a, a good chance for, for him to go and show what he can do. And, and Nat Phillips, obviously, as soon as we knew that Reese Williams was going, we kind of assumed then that Phillips would be staying. That's how it sort of panned out. He too has signed a new contract. But I think this is... A little bit more of a, an interesting one. I, I look at it and I think there's there's maybe no guarantee that he even gets in a squad before January. Forget playing. I know there's there's EFL Cups and, and stuff like that to, to come before then. But with four players in front of him, I think, I don't know, I, I just wonder whether that's the, the right thing for, for his career. Mm, maybe not. He's um, he's older than Joe Gomez. He's, he's 24 now. So maybe... After 21 times, I think he played last season for Liverpool. I think maybe he might have thought that um, he can go and play every week a little bit further down the pecking order in the Premier League. Um, I'd say, for example, a Burnley or a Newcastle or a Southampton, you know, that type of level you could see him playing most weeks. Um, but uh, I think ultimately, interest that was there earlier on, the window just wasn't there today. and. Um, I think Liverpool again a bit like um, a bit like Reese Williams. They've looked at it as a bit of a value preserver, um, a way of keeping them on side. But but as you say, is he going to feature in in match day squads? I'm not too sure. I think if there aren't any injuries for the centre backs between now and then, I think we might see him as a you know substitute in in the League Cup game or an FA Cup game in January. But I certainly don't see him. Starting in the Premier League, unless there are any injuries, but you know, um, we would have said exactly the same thing 12 months ago, and, and look how that turned out. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm quite happy for this one because Klopp was happy to keep him. Um, and I think sometimes Liverpool are, are far too keen to move players on if they think that they're not going to play every week. There's nothing wrong from a club point of view and a, and a team point of view of having more options than you need. Okay, it's not ideal for the players, but for too, far too often Liverpool think, or Klopp specifically thinks about the player rather than the team. You know, he's, he's just allowed, he'll say that they've just allowed um, Jadon Shaqiri to leave and no one's come in for him, no replacement. Um, great for the player, he's going to go and play every week in, in League One and he's, he'll be playing in the Champions League and whatever else, but um, Liverpool are now without an attacking option. So, you know, from a defensive point of view, I, I quite like that Phillips has stayed and he might not be playing every week, but that's the nature of the beast when you play for a club like Liverpool. So, yeah, certainly um, centre-back now is the absolute kind of stronghold of Liverpool squad. They've got um, four top-class options who I think, as a as a quartet of centre-backs, is the best in the Premier League. And then that Phillips, who uh, certainly didn't let anyone down last season, did he? Yeah, no, he certainly deserves those improved terms on that contract. And I think the one thing it does guarantee is that we won't be seeing Fabinho or Jordan Henderson mm -hmm. at the back. So that's certainly one big positive. Just before we sort of round up in, in all and, and go through 
your thoughts. I mean, we'll just touch on Jake Kane as well. He was another departure today. He's gone to Newport in League Two. It's slightly lower down than I thought he might end up, not least given mm. that Leighton Clarkson has, has gone to the Championship. But again, it's it's one of those. It, it's maybe a bit of a surprise, but you'd expect him to get some senior minutes under his belt and, and really establish himself there. Yeah, I agree with you there. It was a little bit of a surprise that it is that quite far down the pecking order. But um, I think Kane is is one of the players who they, they refer to as AXA players. Um, I think what they mean by that is kind of players who are in between kind of the very top end of the under-23s, but not quite ready to be in the match day squads week in, week out. And, and the players you might be training with the first team, but aren't going to be playing, as I say, and, and, and those are the types who Liverpool look to, to loan. So, Reese Williams is, is a good example. Leighton Clarkson, probably the, the archetypal example of, of that description. And Jay Kane fits into it as well. So, um, yeah, good luck to him. I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll get some really valuable senior experience under his belt and then see where they go from there. Um, it's a very strong under-23 setup that Liverpool have, isn't it, at the moment? And I know... Um, after the, the mini derby last week, David Unsworth, the, the Everton under 23, well, he's the academy director, but he, he was calling the Liverpool team that was out that night one of the best in Premier League 2 that he's ever seen. And he's been around that level for years. So Liverpool really do have a, a strong setup there and they can afford to allow Jake Kane and Leighton Clarkson and Reese Williams to go out on loan. It's not going to impact them too much and, and these players are going to be getting some very valuable senior experience. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So those then were the events of today, and it means that Liverpool have only signed Ibrahim Konate for £36 million from RB Leipzig. Their business then just about broken even, I think, in terms of transfer fees. And we'll be going into plenty more depth, looking at the reaction and analysis of the window as a whole for those of you signed up to our Blood Red Club. It's completely free to join. You get one bonus exclusive piece of content each week delivered straight to your email inbox completely for free. www.bloodredpodcast.co.uk for that. If you haven't signed up already, you'll need to be signed up before 6am on Wednesday to get this latest episode. But Paul, before we go on to that, what is your take? Have Liverpool done enough this summer, do you think? And will they be taking any sort of risk going into the new season, given that Konate is the only arrival? Um, short answer to your questions are no and yes. Um, I wrote after the, the Chelsea game on Saturday that Liverpool uh, left themselves short in attacking options. Said it uh, said it this morning to, to Guy Clark when we, we recorded a, a Facebook Live that um, Liverpool simply need more options up front. Um, I don't I don't quite understand the logic of of allowing Shaqiri to go if, if you've got no real um, desire or um, or feel you need to replace him. Um, I think if you're asking me who I'd bring on in a game where Liverpool needed a goal against 10 men and Anfield with 20 minutes to go between Minamino, Origi and Shaqiri, I'd be picking Shaqiri. Um, Origi wasn't even in the side, the squad on, on Saturday was he and Naby Keita and Oxlade-Chamberlain and Minamino were all left kicking their heels on the bench. Um, so no, Liverpool for me did need more. I, I kind of made peace with the with the lack of a, a Gino and Alden replacements. I think Klopp went on record a couple of times as saying, "Well, who do we who do we bring in? Who's going to be, you know, competing with the midfielders that they've already got?" And that was that was a fair point. I think Liverpool are okay for numbers. Um, 
obviously a lot is being asked of Kate and Oxley Chamberlain to stay fit. But at the moment, they are fit and they are ready and they are, you know, there to be called upon. But up front, I just don't think Liverpool have enough. I think they're still good enough to win the Premier League if um they don't get too many injuries and okay, any any team can get injuries. But I just think that there should have been another attacking option coming in. Um now whether that means that they are planning for a little bit of a more sizable summer next year, possibly. But um, I just hope that Liverpool are, haven't made the same mistake as they did with Dayan Lovren 12 months ago when they allowed him to go to Zenit and didn't bring in a replacement, as they are with, with letting Chikiri go and not bringing in a replacement. And, and look, even even Chikiri, for me, he was, he was decent. He was a solid option, but he, I don't think he was of a Jota calibre. Um, Certainly not of the, the calibre of the other front three. So um, I still think maybe Liverpool is an option with him there it's, and with him going. It's even more of a risk. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a big risk for me and it really is. Yeah, I'm sure plenty of Liverpool fans will agree with you. And as I say, www.bloodredpodcast.co.uk for even more analysis and reaction. We'll be going in-depth looking at Liverpool's transfer business compared to their rivals and taking an honest deep dive into whether they should have done more. For now, though, from myself, Matt Addison and our Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorse, that's all we've got time for here on Transfer Deadline Day. Goodbye for now. This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.